And now, we return to the purveyors of real estate knowledge. Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. Thanks for staying with us. This is your Real Estate Chalk Talk. We're broadcasting from the legendary Rack Shack Barbecue Studio. It's rib the weekend. Always get the ribs on the weekend. They're so doggone good. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Go to RackShackToGo.com. RackShackToGo.com. Order them up and they can deliver it right out to the house or pick it up at the restaurant. And if you're going to order up a house, that's easy too. Just call 612-627-8000. We take orders on the phone. 612-627-8000. We'd be happy to have that conversation with you. Get you all qualified. You know, part of being able to buy a house and being able to qualify to buy the house and to get the best deal, position yourself to actually get the house, which is important. Because... You know, homes are selling for top dollar. You need the best financing available, and we can get that set up for you. 612-627-8000. Okay. Randy is in the studio, and I have been working with a actually a couple of clients, and they're obsessed over mid-century modern. And I have come to appreciate mid-century modern because that's the only homes that we'll look at. That's, they have to be that style. So... Can you just, for the listeners, explain to us or tell us what mid-century modern is, first of all? What does that What does that even mean, mid-century modern? You see it thrown out there all the time with a lot of stuff, cars and clothing and all that. So it's mid-century modern. What the heck is that? Well, it's actually pretty basic. If you just think about the term, mid-century meaning it's coming probably from the 50s, and in the mid part of the 20th century. Okay. And it's a clean style. Uh, a lot of times you'll see there's a great example of a mid-century modern home that was uh, remodeled a few years ago on the south shore of Cedar Lake in Minneapolis. And it really had sort of kind of art deco kind of a style to it. So it very clean lines, actually very similar to a modern house today. Um, but just a little bit warmer. Would you call Art Deco mid-century then? or uh, Not necessarily, but the, what, what I've seen is that in mid-century modern, sometimes you'll see the shapes, mm-hmm. like soft curves and mm-hmm. things like that, that you would find in a Deco style. Okay. Um, Art Deco has a way of taking an element or a design feature and multiplying it. A lot of times by three. So, if you there's a there are a lot of movie theaters in the Minneapolis area that were built in that Art Deco style, and so you might see curving arches or uh, layered up pilasters, which is basically like a I don't know like a stone column. Okay, They're kind of layered. Uh huh. And so you get duplication of a detail in the deco style and the deco style also has um, in fact there were automobiles that were based upon that um, very sleek kind of curving lines uh-huh. and you'll see that in art deco but not necessarily in mid-century modern see i love art deco but this mid-century modern you know what i found in, in just in focusing on those houses is the quality so we we uh, helped some folks buy a house in the western suburbs. It's straight up like going back in time. And and we go in there. The gal uh, passed away. She's 90-some years old. Her son, who's a Cobble Banker agent, uh, uh, was selling the property. And it was pristine. And it was just like a, going into a time capsule. All the furniture, all the accoutrements, everything was there. and And I was just noticing... The quality of the furnishings themselves, 
the sofas, the chairs, the the lamps, everything was just built to last. You know, you could you could tell. And then some fun stuff in another house in Golden Valley. We were spending a lot of time, obviously, in Golden Valley because there's a lot of them out there. And mm-hmm. and uh, stainless steel countertops, all stainless steel, drawers, all that stuff. It's almost like a commercial kitchen with a built-in thing for the blender. So the blender would just sit in the and right. the, the base and all that stuff was in there. It's like whatever happened to this stuff? <laughs> you know, why not, whatever happened? This thing make you a little milkshake or what? Yeah, it's yeah. like my I goodness, was thinking you know. margaritas, but okay, okay. <laughs> um, but the point of it is, is that you know now it seems like everything is so throwaway and so disposable that that uh, you don't we can't take anything to fix it anymore because it costs more to fix something than buy it new you can just buy it new and so like you know and that creates a problem you know these things were built to last 100 years some of the stuff and the fur, the fur, i mean it's not even ratter tattered i mean even the 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 cloth coverings looks like they were you know built to wear like iron we've got some couches in our office at home I don't know where my wife got them. She got them off of some house somewhere, <laughs> and uh, those those kind of greeny ones in there, mm-hmm. and those things are like from the fifties, and they look like you know they could have just rolled out of the showroom floor. I don't know what the fabric is on there, but it's pretty tough. Built well, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. built well. Yeah, you, know, you think about uh, you know some of the designers that were working on furnishings and so forth, and. People who really were buying that style, um, it's interesting that you realized about the quality because there is a very distinct quality. I mean, you look at, um, you know, styles from the chairs, whether they're, you know, by Saarinen or, you know, some of these architects that really did, you know, Mies van der Rohe chair, classic, you know, both the lounge chair and the, and the club chairs, really well built, beautifully designed um, very clean in their style, and that is very true of the architecture as well, because that style was designed by a lot of architects, and so you tend to get b- better quality materials. They're probably working with a better builder, mm-hmm. so that means the craftsmanship is a little bit higher, and so when you dovetail those two together, you get a house that has longevity and will wear well over a long period of time. It's funny because we went into there as a three-season porch. We go into the porch, and it's like I'm thinking estate sale, right? And we go in the porch, and there's they have this all this furniture in this three-season porch. And it's like, I will buy all of this furniture right now. So I called the right. guy. I called the agent and said, How, you know, what's with the porch furniture because I'll buy it. Where are you, you know, going to put it? I don't care. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Replace <laughs> something. Yeah, because it was, I mean, it was just... And he said that stuff has been in his house as long as he can remember. It looked like it was brand new, and it's just—it's first of all, it's clever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's chairs with arms on one side, you know, that are meant to surround and all right. that stuff. So it creates this seating environment, and you know, it's just like I, I, you're you're drawn to it. You know, just because it's just it's something right. you're not going to see yep. at Menards or you're not going to see at the Ikea. big box stores or Ikea or anywhere else, you know. and Well, there's a big difference between the stores that you're mentioning because, and it's true too in the range of builders, is mm-hmm. that you have production people, which is really for the larger share of the masses of the population. And then you have the higher level of craft and higher level of materials and those tend to be a little bit more expensive and so you narrow the market of the 
available people that can afford to purchase those sorts of things. So when we're looking, Keith has sold a lot of new construction this year to in high ends, relatively high end for for uh, being around seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars all the time. And we've got quite a few builds going like that too. And they come in and they're you know eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars. And you look at this and it's like, geez, you know, what's the difference between an eight hundred thousand dollar house that's you know forty two hundred square feet and a million three house that's forty two hundred square feet? I mean, really, they're they're both they have the same functionality. They're well, just maybe. Craftsmanship, well, right. that, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> you know, what is the difference? You know, how how would a consumer walking through get past the fancy granite countertops and see the difference? It's not unless if you're trained in the business, uh, it might be hard to see that. Um, whoever does your home inspection might be able to call that kind of information out uh, for you. Uh, most likely it's, um, well, like Junior was saying, that uh, location obviously might be driving some of that mm-hmm. number. Could have a fabulous view of downtown or it could be up against County Road 42 like you were describing right. uh, earlier. So it, that obviously makes a big difference. But it, it, <laughs> I remember many, many years ago Ford used to – have this commercial that they were comparing a Granada to a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody who knows about the engineering that went into that Mercedes and the quality of the materials is is laughing because there's no way those two are even in the same universe. And the same thing is true in the construction world. The level of quality of how stiff the floors are, um, whether there's any spring as you're going up and down the stairs, uh, whether there's squeaks in the floor, because they may have glued and screwed everything together. All of these things contribute to that level of craft and that level of quality. And the same thing is true with appliances. You could start at the low end where they might be um, beautifully designed. Like you can find these at Ikea, but they're made by Whirlpool, mm-hmm. which is at the bottom of the, nothing against Whirlpool, they have decent appliances, but they're they're not a Mila or a, a, a Sub-Zero mm-hmm. Wolf category. And so... Which is owned by Whirlpool. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to head out to break. We'll, we'll let you defend yourself when we return. Uh, I will debate This that. is Real Estate Shock Talk. <laughs> Log on to hitnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R group.com, or give us a call, 612-627-8000, and we'll be right back. Get that Frank Shack attack! 